Good morning. Wasn't that a beautiful song? Praise God. Let's just open in prayer. Our Father, we thank you that you have proved yourself to be enough for us every day of our Christian lives. Lord, you watch over us, you take care of us, you provide for us, you strengthen us, you teach us, and we just pray that as we hear the word of God this morning, that we will respond to it by the Holy Spirit in obedience, Lord, that we will follow your truth. We pray that you will speak, Lord, through your word and that you will hide me behind the cross. And we just thank you, Lord, for everything that happens in our lives. There's always a reason and a purpose. And we just thank you and ask now that you will lead us by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. There's a story told of a homeless man and a very rich lady. One day, the rich lady went over to the homeless man and said, good morning. And the man slowly looked up at her. It's accustomed. You could tell she was a rich lady because she was dressed in a new coat. You could tell she'd probably never missed a meal in her life. She was very well-to-do. And here she's talking to a homeless man. I walk by them all the time in the city. I see them all the time. In going into work, coming back from work. And I've never seen an instance quite like you're going to hear in this story this morning. So she said to him, Are you hungry? And he said, Leave me alone, he growled. To his amazement, this woman kept standing and smiling. And she said to him, which she said, are you hungry? And he sarcastically says, no, I've just come from dining with the president. So you can see this man is very hardened and he's very skeptical about people that used to give him a very hard time. Suddenly he felt under his arms, this lady trying to pick him up and, and lift him up. He says, what are you doing? He said angrily, and she said, I want to help you. I want to get you a hot meal and give you some aid and assistance. She could not get him up. All of a sudden, a policeman comes by and says, ma'am, are you having any trouble here? She says, no, ma'am, officer, no trouble at all. But this gentleman, I'd like to take him over to that cafeteria over there and get him out of the cold and give him a, a, a hot meal. The man was very upset about this. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go at all. And so she said, well, officer, will you help me take him? So sure. But he said, this man is old Jack. He's been on the streets now for a couple of years. What do you want with him? And she says, I just want to help him. That's all I want to do. So together, they lifted him up with great difficulty and got him over to the cafeteria and took him in and put him there at a table in the corner and we're ready to get him a, a hot meal and serve him. All of a sudden, the manager comes running across the restaurant and said, what's going on here, officer? He said, this lady would like to get a hot meal for this, this uh, gentleman here. Oh, no, no, no. We don't allow that. This is bad for business. Very bad for business to have someone like this in here. We can't do this. And so the lady said to him, she said, well, um, I am from the business down the street and my name is Edie and I am with Edie and Associates 
and I am here to help this gentleman. And so he agreed to let them do this because she was the CEO of the company that actually used this cafeteria to have all their meetings. And so she had clout there with this man. And so there they were talking and the policeman and and him. And so then all of a sudden, she said, Jack, do you remember me? And he says, well, you do kind of look familiar. I was just out of college. And I had, I was down to my last cent. I had been kicked out of my apartment. I was looking for a job. I'd come to the city looking for a job. I was so hungry and so cold. And I came to your, to the, to this very cafeteria where you were working. And I asked you for a job and you said, I'm sorry, it's against company policy, uh, to offer you a job. But you know what you did for me? You went and got me the biggest roast beef sandwich there ever was. And you, didn't charge me anything for it. And I saw you went to the cash register and you put money in so that it would cover that sandwich. And I'm back here now and I want to repay you for what you have done for me. He was stunned. He couldn't believe it. And he, she took out her business card and she handed it to him. He says, Jack, you go down to my business down the street and you talk to Mr. Lyons. And I'm sure that Mr. Lyons can find a job for you around the office to do. And not only that, I think we can advance you some salary and give you a chance to then get a place to live and some new clothes to wear and and take care of you. He said, how can I thank you? She says, don't thank me. Thank God. God has prospered me. I started off and I took a job that same afternoon I met you. And then I worked my way up and then I started my own business and God prospered me and I want to help you. This is a story about our subject this morning, that we reap what we sow. Little did that man know that he would help that young lady years before and it would come back to him and that same generosity, that same kindness, that same love that he showed to her was now coming back to him. And he was floored by it. He was It was unbelievable. And the Bible teaches this spiritual principle, you reap what you sow, whether it's either for good or for bad. And we're going to look at some examples of this this morning. And the title of our message is, We Reap What We Sow. Let's turn in our Bibles to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 10. In the New King James Version, it says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Stuck on the slide there, but that's okay. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. May God bless the reading of his word. As Christians, we have the opportunity every single day of our lives 
to sow good, to sow love, to sow kindness, to sow generosity, to sow respect and honor. We also have that opportunity to not to avoid the opposite, because the opposite is if we go around sowing anger, sowing discouragement, sowing dishonor, disrespect, it is going to come back to us and on us like a boomerang. Have you ever seen a boomerang? The way it's shaped, you throw the boomerang out and then what happens? It comes right back to you. The world has an expression, what goes around comes around. And they always say at work, never burn your bridges, right, Gina, in the personnel world? Never burn your bridges because you never know if you leave on a bad, with a bad sense, like you say bad things to the boss or to the employer, you never know if that person may be over you in the future again. And so they say, never burn your bridges. But as Christians, we should always sow the good things so that we will reap them. And we're going to look at four things this morning. Number one, sowing to the Spirit. Number two, sowing bountifully. Number three, sowing consistently day and night. And number four, sowing tearfully, sowing with tears and reaping the benefit. Someone once said, we sow a thought, we reap an act. We sow an act and reap a habit. We sow a habit and reap a character. We sow a character and reap a destiny. And it's so true. Whatever you sow, that shall you also reap. Now, you may not reap that for a long time. It may be days, weeks, months, or years, but what you sow is going to come back, whether for the good or for the bad. May God bless the message to our hearts this morning. It's our choice how we sow, what we sow, where we sow. We have to be very careful of it. There's a story told of two Scottish men that came over to live in the United States. And I'm going to be telling that in a little while. There's also a story that I'm going to tell now about a Scottish farmer who was very poor and his name was Fleming. And one day he heard screams from coming from near his property. And so he ran and he found this young boy covered in muck and mire. He was stuck in this mud. And if the farmer hadn't got to him, he would have died in that in that mire for sure. And so the, the farmer saved him and the lad was safe and sound and the farmer was happy. The next day, a wealthy man arrived at his property, dressed in nice clothes. He was a wealthy nobleman. He was riding in a carriage with a man who is driving it. And so he arrived and he says, I want to repay you, Mr. Fleming, for saving my son's life. And so he took out and he wanted to give him money for it. And the farmer said, no, I will not accept that. I did the deed out of out of kindness. Yes, but I do not expect anything in return. So the man looked at him and said, "Okay, Mr. Fleming, I'll make you a deal. You give me your son because he met his son was there. He says, you give me your son and let me take him and let me educate him and give him a good place in life and a good start in society. And if he's anything like you, he's going to turn out really great. So the farmer agreed. He said, fine, go ahead. And so that that nobleman took the, the boy and gave him the best education. 
And he ended up graduating from St. Mary's Medical School in London. And he went on to become a very famous uh, physician by the name of Sir Alexander Fleming, the discoverer of penicillin. So if you've ever been helped by penicillin, this is the one who invented it. Now, personally, I'm allergic to penicillin. I can't take it. So it doesn't do me any good. It would do me more harm than good, as I found out when I was younger. But it had saved many lives, believe me, many lives over the years. Well, you ask, what is the name of the nobleman? The nobleman's name was Lord Randolph Churchill, and he had a son. And what was his son's name? Sir Winston Churchill. And Sir Winston Churchill was ill one day, and guess what? What saved him was penicillin. So what you sow, you will also reap. And so this man who saved the nobleman's son, his son was actually saved by the penicillin. It's amazing. But it's so sad when people reap to the flesh. Reap to the flesh is the worst thing that we can do. And the story is told of a of a tenant farmer. We're talking about farmers today. It'll loves farmers. We go to the market every Saturday and, and the, and the farmer. So this was a tenant farmer though. He was very poor and he leased the property from a rich man and he worked that land so beautifully. It was well taken care of land, well manicured. It was one of the most model farms of the whole area. He put his heart and soul into taking care of that property. Well, one day the agent showed up and said, well, the farmer's, uh, the owner's son is getting married and he wants to give this, this farm and this property to his son. So you're going to have to move. Well, you can imagine this man had worked this land. He'd given his blood, his sweat, his tears to, to serve this land and did the best that he could. And now it's being snatched away from him in a moment. So he did everything he could to convince the owner to sell him the property and let him stay on the property but to no avail. And so the day came when he would have to vacate the property. He was very sad, but he was more sad. He was more mad than sad. And over these months of, of waiting for this incident to happen, he concocted a plan. And what he was going to do, he was going to take all these bad seeds, all these uh, pests and things like this, and he sowed them into the ground and he ruined the property, totally destroyed it. This beautiful, clean soil was now destroyed. It was ruined. And so as he's leaving, he hears a knock at the door from the agent. And the agent stops by and say, says to him, the owner's plan has fallen through. And he wants you to stay on and be the tenant farmer of this property. And the man goes, oh, God, no. What have I done? You see, what you sow, you will also reap. He had ruined the property that was going to be meant for him and he would have had it. Yes, be careful what you sow because you're going to reap it. It may be not tomorrow. It may be a, not a year from tomorrow, but it's going to come back like that boomerang like we talked about. If you sow anger and resentment and, and uh, all these bitterness feelings and things like that, it's going to be terrible. But if you sow the love and the kindness, it'll be good. Now, there's a story found in Judges chapter 1 and verses 6 and 7 that I think is the best illustration in the whole Bible of sowing, reaping what you sow in a bad way. 
His name, King Adonai Bezek. He was alive at the time when the Israelites were taking possession of the land of Israel. And it says in Judges chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, Then Adonai Bezek fled, and they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Verse 7, And Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to gather scraps under my table. As I have done, so God has repaid me. Then they brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Be careful, you're going to sow, you're going to reap what you sow. This man who watched those kings suffer under his table gathering scraps because when you cut off somebody's thumb, they can't hold anything. When you cut off their toes, they can't walk. They suffered and he watched them suffer and he made them suffer and he did that to them. God repaid him. He reaped what he sowed. And so we have to be so careful what we sow because we're going to reap it. There's a story told of a man who invented radar. You know, when you go out nowadays and you and you hear about radar, we use it for a lot of different things. Well, one of the things they use it for is to catch speeders, right? I don't know if you've ever been stopped by a policeman. He says, I clocked you on the radar going 93 miles an hour in a 65 mile zone or whatever. That's that's radar, right? Well, the man who invented it was Sir Robert Watt. He was the inventor of radar. And shortly after he invented it, he himself was arrested for speeding. How ironic is that? And so he wrote a poem that said this. It's a short little poem. Pity Sir Robert Watson Watt, strange target of his own radar plot. And this with others, I could mention a victim of my own invention. <laughs> Amazing. He sewed it, right? He made it and it used against him in life. It's amazing how it works that way. Another great illustration of sowing and reaping is Haman. Haman was evil. He was wicked. He hated the Jews. He hated Mordecai. He wanted to destroy Mordecai and all the Jews. And so what did he do? He built a gallows in his, in his house there that he was going to kill Mordecai and hang him on that, on those gallows. And so what happened? God turned the tables on Haman and he himself was put to death and hung on those gallows. Whatever you sow, that shall you also reap. And that's what happened with Haman. And so it's true down through the centuries, this principle of sowing and reaping is so true. So that's our first point. We want to sow to the spirit. We want to sow good things. We want to sow love. We want to sow help for people because it will come back to us when we do. The second point is not only sowing to the spirit, but sowing bountifully. And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 6 to 8, he says this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And then he goes on to say in verse 7, so let each one give as his purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. You know, nobody likes a miser, do we? We don't like misers. Misers are chintzy. They're, they're, they're not happy. They hold on to their money. They won't give you a penny. They won't give you any help. And they, nobody likes a miser. And God doesn't like a miser. What does he like? He likes a cheerful giver. If he, he says not grudgingly or under compulsion, he wants us to give bountifully, so bountifully, and then it will come back to us bountifully. But if we sow sparingly, it's going to come back to us. You know, it's going to happen that way. And there's a story of these two Scottish men that I was beginning to tell you. They moved from Scotland to California to start a new life. And they had a new home and they wanted to bring something from the old country to remind them of their roots. So the one man brought a thistle over from Scotland and the other man brought a swarm of bees, honeybees to, to the, to the United States, to California. And as it turns out, the one who had brought the thistle, it ruined the land because the thistle, though it's the national emblem of Scotland, ruins land. It, it destroys it. And so what he sowed, he reaped and it was terrible. But on the other hand, the one who brought the honeybees brought sweetness, brought goodness to the land, brought happiness to the land. And that's the choice that you and I have when we sow and when we reap. We want to bring the fragrance of Christ to people. We want to share his love with others. We want to do good to them so that they see that Christ is real, that he's changed our lives. And we don't want to go around glum and miserable and this way because it shows a bad representation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The question for us is, what are we sowing today? What are we, how are we sowing it? We want to sow bountifully, not so sparingly. And the third thing is we want to sow consistently. And I like this verse. I learned it years ago, and it's an interesting verse in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 6, where here Solomon writing says, In the morning, sow your seed, and in the evening, do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. And I thought about this verse and what it means in connection to sowing and reaping. It means to consistently do good, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the afternoon, whether it's in the evening, whether we feel good, whether we feel bad, whether we're going through hard times, whether we're going through easy times, to sow consistently. People want to see consistency in our lives faithfulness in our lives. We can't have the luxury of going around and being miserable just because we're going through trials and difficulties. There's always somebody worse off than us. Like this lady who helped the homeless man. He was very bad off, but she helped him. And a lot of times we, we go through life and think things are good and we're doing well and everything's well. We're healthy. The family's healthy. The Kids are healthy. The relatives are healthy. Everything's going well at work and at home. Everything's great. And yet we start to forget who gave us these blessings and it comes from the Lord. And then all of a sudden the Lord allows us to see somebody that has no legs or has no arms or cannot talk or is blind or is deaf or has some kind of a defect. 
And it just hits us like a ton of bricks. Lord, I have not been thankful. I have been taking your blessings for granted. And look, here's a person that that is blind, for example, but they're happy. I remember uh, studying about Fanny Crosby and how she was blind, but she was one of the happiest people on the face of the earth. And she says, the first person that I'm going to see in heaven is my Savior. She did not let her blindness defeat her or bring her down to uh, complaining or agony or anything like this. She was thankful to the Lord and she wrote so many hymns to praise God with. And so too, if we just remember that sowing takes work, it takes effort and we have to sow the right things. And when we do that, it can be a real blessing. The story is told of a couple of American missionaries that went to a place, and I've never heard of it. I really should Google it to see where it is. But the name of it is Efulan. E-F, it's spelled E-F-U-L-A-N, and it's in Africa. And they had to return home to the United States after a short time because of ill health, because they were had some health issues. And so they came back to the United States. And at the time, they left six converts. Six new believers were left there in that community there in Africa. And they wondered during all this time, I wonder how they're doing. They probably couldn't be doing too well. They're new believers and they're in an African village and who knows what kind of pressure they're going to experience there in their lives. And I wonder what's going to happen. Well, two years later, they returned to the land and they dared not hope that there would be any Christians standing there because all they had were these six New believers. But these six new believers got busy for the Lord. And they started having Bible studies and prayer meetings and meeting together to remember the Lord. And so then they grew to a large number and six and seven thousand people began meeting together in this African village. The people around them, not only in their village, but the other villages were affected. They called them Jesus men. These are Jesus men. These are people that believe in Jesus and it affected them. And on the 25th anniversary of this gathering, they assembled 7,000 people that broke bread together uh, there. And it was distributed by 24 native elders Yes, we sow what we reap, what we sow. These missionaries that thought we were here for such a short time, we only saw six converts. And yet those six converts turned into 7000 and that grew and the work of the Lord progressed. And we never know what God can do when we sow for him. Like that song, we say little as much when God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus name. We may be looking in a little. We may think our ministry is so little and so unimportant and and can't do much. God can use it. If we sow, we will reap. And if we do it for his glory, he will bless us. And then the final one this morning is sowing with tears. Have you ever thought about sowing with tears? Psalm chapter 126 and verse five says this, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. 
You know, when I was reading this verse, I thought, wow, when you go forth sowing and you do it with tears, that means you put your all into it. You love the people. You want them to be saved, whether you're relatives, family members, friends, co-workers, and you, and you pray for them with tears and you pour out your prayers and you don't see them saved. And maybe it goes days and weeks and months, but guess what? They're going to get saved. And God is going to cause you to reap what you have sown and they will be saved. Jim Hyde is a perfect example of this. I remember for so many years in prayer, Mike would offer up prayer. Please pray for my brother uh, Jim and his wife Kathy that they'll get saved. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And then we prayed again and then we prayed again. Every Monday night, prayed again and again and again. It would be easy to get discouraged, wouldn't it? But when you sow in tears, you're going to reap in joy. And now the joy of seeing Jim saved. He's a godly deacon in our church. And Kathy, they serve the Lord. And it just goes to show. Never give up. Keep sowing. You're going to reap. Keep giving. Keep giving out the gospel to people. I love that old song. I I don't know that we have it in our hymn book or we sing sing it at church, but it bringing in the sheaves. It's a great song. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. We will come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. And the sheaves are the souls of people that get saved. And can you imagine the joy that we're going to have in heaven when we walk through the gates of heaven and we meet somebody that we witnessed to, that got saved later, that we didn't know about, and they're going to greet us there and they're going to say, Janie! I got saved because you told me about the gospel. And then later on, some other people told me and I got saved. And I want to thank you for sharing Jesus with me. It's going to be one of the most exciting moments when we go to heaven, because we're going to see lives that were touched and were changed because we sowed. And then maybe somebody else came along and reaped. And that's what Paul talks about in first Corinthians three, six through eight. It says this. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Yes, what a blessing that is. And so we never know. What's going to happen if we sow? And so God will bring along somebody else. So Paul says, I planted and then Paulus came along and he watered it, but God gave the increase. We should never take credit for what God does because he's the one that saves a soul. He's the only one that can save a soul. The Holy Spirit convicts people. He shows his love to people so that they can come to experience new, new life in Jesus Christ. We should never take credit for ourselves, but give all the glory to him. Just like that lady said, don't thank me. Thank Jesus. Thank God, because he prospered me and I'm here to help you because he helped me. And that's the way it is with us. He has loved us and saved us. And we should be willing to turn around and, and in reciprocity, give to others, share with others, let them uh, be blessed. And so it is an encouragement. Sometimes sowing the seed of the gospel comes with much opposition. Sometimes it comes with resistance. Sometimes it comes with rejection. People says, I don't want to hear it. That homeless man at first, he says, leave me alone. I don't want you to help me. I don't want to go into that cafeteria. I don't want your help. I don't want this. I don't want that. 
But at the end, he was so softened, he was so thankful. And people don't know they need the gospel. They don't know they need to be saved. We have to be there to help them to see it. And then when they see their need of Christ, they will come to be saved. So let's remember this morning the principle of Scripture. You reap what you sow. So we have to be careful to sow to the Spirit, not to the flesh. We have to be careful to sow bountifully and not sparingly. We have to be careful to be consistent every day to sow in the field of where God places us day and night through in season and out of season. And then we need to sow tearfully and give our all to put it into the Lord's work so that he will be blessed and others will be touched. Shall we just close in prayer and thank the Lord? We thank you, Lord, for saving us from our sins and giving us eternal life. We thank you for the people that witnessed to us and led us to Christ. They sowed, Lord, and they and then others came along maybe and reaped. But we're thankful, Lord, that we're here today because someone took the time to share with us. And we pray, Lord, that we will take the time to share with others and that we will sow kindness and love and goodness and mercy toward people. And they will see Jesus in us. And when they ask us about it, Lord, We will direct them to you and not take any credit for ourselves. And Lord, we just pray that you will help us to go forth sowing the seed. And so we commit this day to you. We pray that you'll take care of our dear brother, Dave Thompson, that your hand of healing would be upon him and that we'll be able to see him walking through the doors very soon back to full health and strength. We pray that you'll take care of him and Pauline and comfort them and all their family members. And we just long to see them Uh, doing well. And so we commit this time to you and thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.